Joining me now are writers for Rick and Morty and for the upcoming YouTube Red series Good Game, Erica Rosby and Sarah Carbiner. Uh, Carbiner, I'm so sorry, I had it right. No, 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 you said it right, you said it right. Oh, I got it, all right. <laughs> awesome, well, thank you guys so much for uh, for coming on. Yes, thanks for having us. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the new series that's coming out on YouTube Red, which is video game related. Uh, it's also esports related, and that's good game. Um, how did you guys get involved with this game, or with this uh, TV show, internet show, whatever you want to call it? <laughs> <laughs> that weird in between media. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were just uh, we were pretty early in. Um, just working on Rick and Morty and Dan Harmon came into the writer's room one day and he'd overheard Sarah talking about esports and someone had just pitched him the idea for an esports show so he needed writers so he was like hey do you guys want to work on this Uh, so we're like yes 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 Yes, and uh, and yeah, and so Michelle Morrow and Jesse Cox, who um, are the creators of the show, they, they brought him the idea, and I think that first meeting, we we weren't even sort of sure what shape it was going to take, mm-hmm. and then um, a few months later, they um, Harmon set it up at YouTube, and then the Game Grumps became involved, and after that, they were like, hey, you have a full series order, go. And at that point, we, you know, it had all been hypotheticals, because... There are always a lot of, you know, ideas, and this looks like it might happen, it might happen, and this just came together so quickly that it, it was amazing. It was uh, unreal. Yeah, so it was almost like within a year we were done with the show. Um, yeah, and it premieres on August 30th on the Greg Game Grumps channel on YouTube Red. Game Grumps is kind of diversifying a little bit. They just released a video game uh, with Dream Daddy. Uh, now they're yeah. branching out even more. <laughs> it's awesome it's so much fun i just started playing it and it's absurd and wonderful and weird Can you explain um, what it is more it's a dad. <laughs> good luck yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. dad's dating so it's, dads are looking to date each other yes awesome okay. yes and it's I, I almost don't want to say too much because it's just like lovely and wonderful and ridiculous awesome. but but yeah it's like a relationship simulator and it's so much fun I don't know if you've played it, um, Patrick. I, I, I have, yeah. I actually had the uh, the directors on our podcast a couple weeks ago. I love the the different oh, dads yeah. that they have on it. It's fantastic. Oh, isn't it so much fun? And, uh, yeah, I just now I want to play it instead of working today. <laughs> well, were you guys fans of Game Grumps before you started working with them? Were you familiar with uh, with everybody that you were working with? Because everybody on this is kind of a, an internet personality. Jesse Cox and Michelle Morrow as well. Yeah, we weren't, we're not as, as plugged into that corner of, of, or do that, but, um, we, so we, we did get to know them via this project, um, but then it was just awesome, you know, getting to know their esports circles, and then the Game Grumps, uh, were just, they're so much fun, we were, like, I, I didn't even really know that Let's Play was a thing, and it's huge, so it was just, like, this amazing learning experience about even what that is, and then getting to know Danny and Aaron, who are the Game Grumps, was just so much fun, they're really sweet, interesting people. Yeah, we're, we're huge fans, huge fans now. They're, yeah. they're great, and they were so much fun to work with. And um, 
we went to one of their live shows and we were like, I think in the very last uh, row of the audience on some bleachers, <laughs> just sort of like getting to know their fans and stuff who were all really fun, positive people. Like it's, it was just great to like feel the energy of that many really young people who were just happy about being there and seeing the groups. Yeah, and they're so positive. Like their show, definitely their live shows in particular, and and you know what they do on their channel. There's so much humor, but a lot of it just is really optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's just who they are, which is really really nice um, in video game culture. <laughs> and um, yeah, and and in terms of um, them on on the show, you know, I don't think that they'd had a ton of experience with some scripted things like that. And they came on and they were amazing. Like they worked so hard. They they're so much fun to watch. So much fun to work with. Because we were throwing like long like harmonesque speeches at them, and you know it could have gone very very wrong. But they were both like great actors, really natural, really just themselves. Because um, acting is really hard. Just to try to like look like normal on camera, um, and they were just. They just were great. It was so awesome. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to speak for them at all, but I personally think it's really, really hard to do something that's that close to yourself mm-hmm. and have it feel feel real and feel like a fun performance. And they, they absolutely nailed that. Like, I think that's such a hard line to walk, and they, they crushed it. <laughs> nice. Uh, you spoke of the Game Grumps uh, fan base. They obviously have a very rabid, avid fan base. Uh, but you guys are used to that, I would imagine, after working on uh, Rick and Morty now. Uh, so you guys are working on another space of lots of lots of expectation, I guess, when you guys are going into these things. It's, <laughs> yes. uh, it's a known yes. property in a way. Uh, do you feel like working with Dan Harmon? And now you get to work with him again on this. I mean, Dan Harmon is uh, exec producing this YouTube Red show. But what do you, you take from Rick and Morty experience into this uh, good game experience? I think I think we took um, the I think like thinking about it in terms of actual writing, um, Rick and Morty is really rigorous. Like it's a lot of rewriting, it's a lot of rebreaking story, and it was just the two of us on Good Game working with Dan. And I think I like to think we brought some of that over to Good Game, where we weren't afraid to even at the last minute, you know, mm-hmm. throw out big storylines and try again. Um, so I think that carried over, and that's that's absolutely something we we took from from working with Harmon. Um, and yeah, yeah, I say, yeah. In terms of sort of like the uh, audience reaction stuff for Rick and Morty, I think it did definitely like we have much thicker skin now in knowing that not everyone is going to love everything, and that's totally fine. It's also, I think, just a. a an interesting world we live in now where if one fan is really angry they can directly get at you on Twitter um, so there's also I think the perception of like oh no people hate me but it's really it's just like you know a couple of angry trolls online and everything else is super positive so I think yeah. as good game rolls out there will be people who love it and there'll be people who definitely hate it but you know so it's sort of I think learning not to take that personally um, the Grumps actually were just on Harmontown and they told we're telling everybody about what is what is that app it's called so Herp-derp? it's a yeah herp derp it's a google chrome extension and it turns all youtube comments into herp derp 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 and which is great because i you know i think we both try to we say we're gonna not read the comments yeah. but then you look at the link and you can't help it you start scrolling down and it's just sort of seeing that nonsense 
keeps me from because then you can ultimately like if a comment's getting a lot of attention you can't click on it and see what it is but that barrier to entry like oh i'm gonna have to click is enough to to keep to keep us sane it's really nice (laughs) um and in a weird way too i think the the good game announcement like helped prepare us for how certain annoying fans were going to be with rick and morty because um, when that press release went out, it named us as Rick and Morty writers, and that was our first experience with you know mean people on Twitter. So that by the and that was months and months ago, and then by the time Rick and Morty came mm-hmm. out, and we were getting some of that again, it was like ah, we're used to this. This is old hat. So yeah, it's like these two projects working together prepared yeah. us for internet hate. Um, <laughs> That's so sad. Oh my god. A little bit. It's fine. It's entertaining for the most part. Like sometimes there's some people that are like a little scary, but for the most part, they're just ridiculous. Right. Well, the internet doesn't lack for trolls, that's for sure. Uh, what it does lack, though, for is, well, there's not a lot of fictional or scripted takes on esports. And now, as it has kind of gone mainstream in a way, uh, it seems like you guys are on the front of um, really bringing this into a scripted world, uh, kind of taking a fun, winking look at esports. Uh, what is your guys' experience with esports? Do you guys watch esports? Are you into esports at all? How is it to lampoon something that's kind of not net known to so many people? Yeah, well, um, Eric and I actually, our first uh, job working together as writers was at a video game company. Um, and then both of our husbands work in video games. Um, so we were kind of familiar with that world. And then um, when we moved to LA, my husband started working for Riot Games. And um, Erica and I, I think in like 2011 or 2012, went to a League of Legends um, tournament in Anaheim. And it wasn't just League of Legends. It was like a bunch of different games. But the the League of Legends corner of that giant convention center space was packed with people. And we were like, what is this world? We have to tell a story here. And it was insane. And I think it was a year later that we went and saw um, the World Championships in the Staples Center. So we have been paying attention to it since it sort of became this phenomenon. Um, yeah, and then Erica fell, fell down a, a Yeah, hole. we were working on a different script about esports, actually, and so, like, I started playing League for research, and it just, it spiraled um, into, like, you know, four or five hours a day, like that, <laughs> like, just one more game kind of thing, because in League of Legends and other MOBAs like that, there is such a sense of, like, almost like uh like excitement it does it feels like a basketball game or something where you're playing and it's just it's the beginning and you're like you know like just building up your and then you and then it's all like exciting and you're going towards the end and it's so just so easy to just like play one more game one more game one more game anyway but i I had you want to install um so i could keep writing (laughs) so you could go outside and enjoy sunshine yeah yeah. (laughs) and i think too like that really helps because then it's like we were aware of Mm -hmm. how it was becoming this insane thing internationally yeah. But also had that like more intimate one-on-one experience with the games themselves, and mm-hmm. I think that that's that's probably the key to telling these stories. Is it's you know we we talked about. I mean, if only we were uh, we love like something like Friday Night Lights. Like it's mm-hmm. not a comedy, and it's you know like a physical sport, and it's it's very very different in terms of how they're telling stories. But what's the same is that it it gives you the like it taps into that feeling of what it's like to be involved in a team and a sport like that. So, you know, if you don't, if you know nothing about football, you can enjoy that show. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So I hope, I hope we were able to do that in this show. And one thing I would say that really will set this apart from 
any show or movie that has tried to tackle video games is when you cut to game footage and actually looks good. Um, so Michelle and Jesse also created with the help of Mark Gibbons, who's this incredible artist who worked at Blizzard and a whole bunch of other places. Um, this amazing game called Killcore, which is the game within the show. Um, because if we were going to license a different game, then we'd have to sort of like do their bidding and they, you know, probably wouldn't like it if we insulted some of their characters and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just making this this game within the show, um, it's it's really cool, and I'm just really excited for people to see that because in other shit, like in Grandma's Boy or something, like, right. like cut to the game footage. Playing on like, Super Nintendo, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I just, I remember the first time I watched Grandma's Boy was after we had worked yeah. in games. And I was like, you can't do this all by yourself. <laughs> you don't have one guy and 90 QA guys. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, or you watch something and they're like pressing the wrong buttons. And you're like, that's right. not how you play that game that you see on the screen. And so this like, it all matches up. And like the game honestly looks better than like some actual real games. Um, yeah, the, so. the game is, the game is gorgeous. The characters are great. And the game has such a, um awesome sense of humor too which was really fun so it's like even the game itself is kind of laughing at itself um and those style of games but in the best way like it's it's on the side of people who play those games so it's not laughing you know at you for mm-hmm. liking MOBAs it's making jokes that people who like MOBAs are going to recognize and laugh at um and Michelle Morrow she's one of the um main cast members on the show so she knows how to make it look like you're playing these games and so she would help other cast members, you know, figure it out. Like, no, 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 you need to be clicking your mouse like this. You need to be touching these, you know, these keys on the keyboard. And then one of our other cast members, um, this amazing uh, woman, Jade, she she does more homework than anyone I've ever met in my life. And she not only knew how to fake playing for shots and things, like she knew when she was supposed to be going faster or slower, and she knew when she was supposed to be clicking the mouse more or less. It was amazing. So... So hopefully that that attention and detail will, will shine through. Um. Getting true authenticity in uh, this show. Uh, so am I to believe then that there's an actual Kill Core game? And if so, are people going to be able to play this real game? There is not currently, but um, I, I feel like there should be. Like, yeah. Yeah, we were we were able to work with an existing game and sort of re, um, re-skin it, which makes it sound like as if, you know, you just put a new coat of paint on something, whereas actually it was just that one of the, one of the big barriers to making video games look great in television and film is partially it is so hard to make a game. So to animate it and allow us to do what we need to do and like have different plays in the game it was kind of like we set up almost if you think about stop motion Mm -hmm. kind of where we had all these 3d models on a map and because it was a game engine we were borrowing from another game you were able to play and move them around and we were able to animate that way but it's not a video game it's not a functioning game in terms of like actually keeping track of hit points and this and that and the other things so so we, it's like it's really close to yeah. something you could play, but it is kind of like a game we made to play for the camera. Yeah, and the <laughs> game design docs are all there; they're beautiful. So, like, I feel like Michelle and Jesse could go pitch this game to some company and snap them up. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's it's ready to go, but it needs probably like you know another another team of scripting yeah. engineers and stuff to to make it. Staff of two hundred, not yeah. a big barrier, a couple million dollars. So, yeah. <laughs> <Some appeal. laughs> What, what was it? Uh, what's the difference been working on a YouTube show as opposed to? Well, now you guys have worked on network shows. You've worked on movies before. Uh, how's it been different working in the YouTube space? Is it always the same when you come in, or has this been a totally different experience? 
Well, at the the physical YouTube space itself, there's always something going on. There's always like a party because someone's just hit a million viewers. Um, it's just it's a bizarre place to work, um, but really fun too. Yeah, because I think when you're on a a normal lot with stages, it's just you know there's golf carts and it's kind of sedate outside the actual um, lot where you're filming. But at, at YouTube, it's just like there's so much going on at once everywhere because everyone's creating content in a different way. Um, and then they have built, I think it's two or three, like more traditional sound stages where we would build our sets and do a lot of filming there. But um, but yeah, and in terms of like the the actual like working with them bigger picture wise yeah it's not it's it's a it, it's different in the ways that are, are good but like in the ways that you know you would want it to be the same it is very mm-hmm. you work with executives you get notes um you know and that kind of thing and uh and so yeah it seems like the rollout and like how you actually watch and consume the show will probably be the most different thing because making it was pretty close to how you know like other shows are made right and yeah i would say that the the only the only other difference besides like the the craziness of the space um, is that YouTube's moving a lot faster than any anywhere else that we've mm-hmm. worked with. They they which is you know which is great in terms of you you have to make decisions quickly, which often leads to awesome things creatively. And like you're actually going to turn it out and make it. There's none of this sort of like hemming and hawing and second guessing. You just you get something out there, which is just awesome and exciting mm-hmm. and feels great. Um, and then you're also working at a, a really intense pace. <laughs> um, which yeah, which you know has its drawbacks, um, but but yeah, I think I think the pace is probably a huge difference. When they're rolling these out, are we getting all of the episodes like you would on a Netflix, or is this going to be released weekly? How does it work? Is it different? Uh, I don't even know if you would know the answer to this, but is it different per YouTube Red series? Are there different agreements? How is Good Game going to be rolled out? So the the pilot's going to come out on August 30th, and the pilots for all YouTube Red series you can watch without a subscription. And then that same day, the second episode is going to come out um, if you have a subscription. And then it's going to come out weekly on Wednesdays after that. And the thing that I'm still not totally sure of um, is I don't know what time of day it's going to come out. I think that's another big difference. Is it like it's the day it's released, and you watch it when you want. So it's not going to be rolled out at once like a Netflix show, but it's also not going to maybe be like a network show where you turn tune in at eight. Right. You know, like it could, it could air, like they could both be available at 9am on the 30th. Um, and that's, that's going to be figured out by, uh, I think people at Game Grumps, like based on their algorithms and like when their audiences check things and, and, and all of that kind of math that is completely over our heads. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I have one last question for you guys and it's unrelated to the new project, but I want to know who's your favorite vindicator. <gasps> well, this is so hard. Um, well, I, I think we're caught between the same two, mm-hmm. so it's like I feel like it's it, there's two of us, so we can cheat. Um, Million Ants, obviously, and uh, Alan Rails. Oh, nice! Because <laughs> um, I just I, I love like the ridiculousness of the Ghost Train and that backstory. Um, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, and oh yeah, there's yeah. Million ants, uh, just yeah. There's so many questions about how everything works, what they could do, building call. Like yeah, there's yeah, there's just a lot. I have a lot of follow up questions about million ants. I feel like they're too good. They can't be gone. They're gonna come about how million ants is like a guy, but (laughs) he's run by a queen. He has a queen on the inside. Yeah. Uh, So. 
So yeah, I think there's something really interesting there. Um, Do you guys have this backstory of Million Ants? Have you written out his entire tragic superhero origin? I mean, I think like it started, I think we started with the idea that there are a million ants and they come together to make a superhero. Um, And then through like the writing of the script and coming up with how to kill him. And the idea being that, you know, he can always produce more ants and that's part of his superpower. But if you get the queen, so it's probably some kind of mutant alien hybrid queen ant. A picnic gone wrong. (laughs) Maybe at a nuclear facility. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There might be a whole like like dimension where everyone is made of a million ants and it's just that's what's sort of like so fun about rick and morty like sort of the scary terry episode where you just see scary terry go home and he's with his family and stuff like that (laughs) maybe there is a world where it's all like you know a classroom full of million ant children or that's weird too because like why would they grow like would you have a baby million (laughs) and then it grows into i don't know yeah see there's just so many questions so so many many questions and then you could probably have other bug colonies you have million ants and million locusts yeah million bees <laughs> but I do, I do love about millennials too, like his empathy and the way he can sense things. But it's also just kind of on the surface. Yeah, so like I sense that you know it's wet outside yeah, <laughs> or right. something. Yeah. Um, well, you guys have sold me on. Oh, sorry. We need we need a millionaire spinoff show, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want like the Defenders, but with Vindicators. Yes. Because like, <laughs> it's like I could see ten episodes about Alan Rails that starts with the train killing his parents, and you get to. <laughs> being like a ghost man with a ghost train um and then yeah million ants where did he come from is he an ant outcast and then in four years we get the show where they fight together Mm -hmm. um (laughs) big plans big plans i love it i'm all aboard that ghost train let's make it happen (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you so much you guys for coming on uh i'm looking forward to the show when it rolls out thank you this was great yeah all right well it was a pleasure talking to you guys again Yeah, you too.